There's just something about getting away to the Smoky Mountains. Step out on a hiking trail, zoom across a zip line, splash at water parks, shop till you drop, and say hello to the statue of our hometown hero, Dolly Parton. Discover the thrill of visiting the Smoky Mountains and reconnect with those you love the most in Sevierville, Tennessee. Learn more at visitsevierville.com. That's visit, S-E-V-I-E-R-V-I-L-L-E dot com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. I'm your host Shane. Joining me on the line is Tom. And it's back to Metricon. And it was a great game of footy for the Suns despite going down by 10 points. So uh, you didn't go to the game. I didn't either, Tom, because of uh, family commitments, let's call it. Um, (laughs) But it was a great game to watch on TV. What were your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a what a great game! I, I found myself, you know, I was watching it alone, and I was I was I was bloody screaming, I was laughing, I was hooting, I was swearing, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my next door neighbours must have wondered what what's this guy doing because it wasn't like I had it, you know, turned up full blast or anything. I was just quietly watching, but yeah. <laughs> What a game! And uh, yeah, the, you know what I, I, I said to our uh, our listeners on uh, on the Facebook page: just go go and watch the um, all, all the goals. And the final goal is is Chris Burgess kicking the goal, and we go ahead, and then that's the end of the highlight package. So you can kind of convince yourself that we won. But yeah, another one of those last minute losses. They they, they sting worse, don't they? Uh, they do, but I I didn't go into this game thinking we'd win, and to get that close, uh, I'm quite happy with that. Considering also, there was some shocking umpiring that led to some Essendon goals not being allowed and other incidents mm. happening. Yes, there were there were incidents you could argue that Essendon got goals from that they shouldn't have, but yeah, you know that that is that is the life of. AFL umpiring and it's never going to be perfect um, so yeah it, it was a good game, I was really happy with it, yeah. um, Old Soul well, in the chat this... says he loves the close games so I do too it, It's even if your team's it's nice to see your team in front I think back to the Carlton game last year and I mean we smashed Carlton in that game the round two, just so people don't get me confused with the one in the end of the year when we when we no. blew it. But, yeah, yeah, as exciting as it is to see your team up by 10 goals and playing really good footy, it's even more exciting to be trying to get over the line with minutes to go. Uh, that Fremantle game at the start of this year, uh, the Carlton game as well, they're up there with some of the best games of football I've watched in uh, recent memory. Yeah. All right. Well, we're... yeah. Well, it's, it's four. It's four games like that, and and I, I, on on Saturday night, Essendon had um, two instances, and a, a, a few commentators will refer to the Lee Matthews rule. There's actually two Lee Matthews rules. One of them is that you have if if there's if you can kick as many goals. goals as you need if you've got minutes left. So uh-huh. Essendon needed to kick a goal with a minute to go, and they ended up kicking two of them. But the other Lee Matthews rule is. If you kick 16 goals, you're 
you, you're not going to get beaten very often, and and, the, and, and we kick fifteen. So okay. we're almost there. We almost answered that question of how are we going to kick enough goals. There's so a rule I remember. We're, we're I don't think there. it. I don't think it was Lee Matthews. I can't remember who it was, but it was if you kick six consecutive goals. Um, you're guaranteed to win unless the opposition kicks six consecutive goals. Um, yeah. And, and that rule has... I remember several times that rule's been correct. So I think we were five goals straight at one point and I was just praying for that sixth goal and it never came. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into all the admin stuff that we need to get out of the way. As mentioned in the chat, we've got Old Soul. He is one of our Patreon donors. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast. Donate to the GC Sunscast and help keep the show going, help improving it. Um, we have Old Soul, Jack's dad, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, James Wood, and Tony, all supporting the show at the moment. Um you can also support the show by heading over to Facebook and Twitter. Tom's running the Twitter pages and he's pretty active on Facebook as well. Um, so that keeps everything running smoothly. And to celebrate our 50th episode, which is now only two and a bit weeks away, we are doing a full week of GC Sunscast Uncut. Um, it's basically our Patreon uh, goals being uh being shown off so we've got the normal episode on the tuesday night we've got a thursday night episode talking about selections and then we're going to do a commentary on the hawthorne game and you can get that in the same way you get the podcast uh it'll be great if you guys can uh jump on the facebook while the game when the game starts click on the link and you can listen along to us instead of the biased TV commentators. And uh, Tom, <laughs> I mean, you, you had something to say about the uh, TV commentary on the weekend, not being up to Gold Coast standards. Oh, look, they eventually they let their little prejudices show, don't they? And, you know, they, they remember, remember when Tipper uh, well, Waller gets, gets, his, gets the free kick in the pocket so they probably would have got a goal anyway, but I think it was Shield just booted it off the ground, and 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 it goes through for a goal, which the you know the Essendon supporters in that part of the ground were, were pretty you know pretty happy about it, but um, you know the commentators are laughing, saying if it had been a behind, it wouldn't have been allowed to stand, and Waller would have had a chance to go back and and, and have the free kick, and uh, you know that that just had my blood boiling because. You could you could sort of see that's the way that things were going. So yeah, I wasn't happy with the commentators or the umpires on on, on, on the other night. So, but anyway, well, um, I don't it think just goes to show we we just got to go and win games on our on our own, you know, on, on our own merit. And we can't rely on the umpires to give us the rub of the green, and we're always going to be up against it, especially with probably more supporters from the other team than than ours. Yeah, well, we, I, know, I, I can't start see games you. and get our. I can't see you remaining you impartial, go. Tom. So any of our Sun supporters <laughs> out there that want to tune in and hear a incredibly biased Gold Coast Suns commentary team, tune in and uh, it'll be great fun. You can chat to us on the chat and ask questions and interact with us and we'd love to love to chat to you guys. Um, that finishes up all the admin stuff. We have... Uh, Mr. Bod's in the chat saying the supporters were as loud and animated as ever on Sunday. So that's yeah, I, good I news. I actually saw Mr. Bod's on the on the telecast when they were panning across 
uh, and and he had his had his uh, his face in his hands, and he was <laughs> it was uh, it was just after a bomber's goal, so he wasn't too 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 thrilled. But uh, no, it was it, that was quite funny. It's it's, uh, it's always always special when you you spot someone you know in the crowd on the on the telly. So yeah, that was that was pretty funny. All right, well let's cruise through this uh, news for the Suns. We've got a bit of news coming up. So uh, let's start with last week. Sam Day re-signed with the Gold Coast Suns for a further two years. So he was a free agent at the end of the year. Was apparently offered uh, not as much money as he was after, but has since agreed to terms with the club, and that is fantastic news. Uh, Sam Day played a great game on uh, Sunday, uh, kicking three goals, I think. So when he's up and firing, he's really good in front of goals, and he's also very flexible down and back. So it's a key post for the Suns, and to lock him away for a further two years, uh, you could pretty much guarantee he's going to be a Sun for life, I'd I'd say. Yeah, I'd, I'll say as well, and... Uh... Just quietly, his uh, his nephew Will—he's not his nephew, his cousin Will Day—is uh, coming up in the draft this year. And given our propensity to pick South Australians, we might end up with a, a second day on the list. But you know, that's a bit of a long shot. But anyway, good on you, Sammy. Um, keeping foundation members at the club like uh, Thompson and, and Day, uh, obviously Swallow, is really important um, for the culture of the club. Even though things have changed a whole lot over the time, in a, in a few years' time, for them all to be able to reflect back on their careers to say they were one club players, uh, it's really important. Yeah, um, and for the fans as well, you, you know, you, it sort of feels a little bit hollow sometimes when you realise how few of our favourite players are still at the club. There's a lot, lot of, lot of, lot going on with that too. But with Sammy. Um, he may not have gotten as much money as, as uh, he was previously on or whatever, but I think it's fair to say everybody was on a contract that was probably a bit too fat for, for, to, to, for it to be sustainable. And um, I don't think he's the only player who's sort of looked at the contract offer and gone oh, a bit low. And that's just where player managers come in and negotiations happen. And if someone leaves, maybe there's a bit more money down the track. You never know. If Sam Day can start kicking 60 goals a year, his contract price will go up, won't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've also just had fresh news coming in from the AFL website. The Round 23 fixture has been revealed and the Gold Coast Suns will take on GWS at Metricon Stadium on Saturday the 24th of August at 7.25pm. So a night game to finish off our season against the highly fancied Giants. Uh, that, that should be an interesting game. A lot of talent running around for both clubs. Uh also, I'm most looking forward to the to the NEFL fixture for that day because that could be, uh, or actually, I might be talking out of out of, out of school here because it might actually be the week before. But anyway, um, we 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 smashed the Giants in the NEFL on the weekend. But you're, I'm sure you'll intro that when the time comes for it. We will. Uh, while you're touching on the NEFL, we'll just mention that Connor Badarik has been nominated to attend the AFL Draft Combine. So he's the only Suns Academy player to go. Uh, a bit unusual that Gore or Ace isn't nominated, but I guess they only select the best of the best for that, don't they, Tom? Um, well, uh, it's actually um, the clubs. It comes down to clubs. 
So uh, what it is is if four or more clubs nominate the player, then they go. That's why it's 79 players. It's, it's an odd number. I think last year it was 80-something. Um, and last year, Dirk Conan was the only one to go down there, and he never even ended up getting drafted. Um, he didn't actually do too much special at the combine either, but 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 Eric's the kind of guy who you'd expect with the agility tests and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the reason we're not see, didn't we're not going to see Ace down there is that everyone knows that that we've got him. He's going straight onto our category B list, and um, and with Gore, I think as Cal Toomey said the other day, um, we, he's probably ours to pick. Uh, there doesn't appear to be interested in, but we'll see because if. If uh, three clubs, or, or maybe it's two or three, anyway, if, if if there's more than one club interested in a player, they go to the state-level combine, and I think we'll have half a dozen players going there because um, we've got a pretty special group coming through, and I can't imagine there's zero clubs interested in having a look at a good small forward or a good ruckman like Conroy or whatever. So, But, um, yeah, good on Vidaric. Uh, it means that someone's going to bid on him at some point in the second or third round by the looks. All right, uh, let's move on. We've got a couple more things, and now it's time to celebrate some of the Suns that have uh, been a standout over the last week. First of all, the obvious one, Ben King has earned a Rising Star nomination for his breakout game against Essendon on the weekend, kicking four goals. I think he took nine marks. I don't have that stat in front of me. But... Uh, yeah, oh, look, he had, he had a great game. I mean, it wasn't the fact that he, he had, you know, lots of lots of possessions. Um, he had five five marks, three contested, um, and he took four of the marks inside 50. He had four shots on goal and, and kicked them all. He had a, another goal assist for Sam Day, I think it was. And they should have given him two goal assists. They've given him a, an inside 50, but that was the inside 50 that ended up... Um, Day went up for the ball and spilled down to Miller, and Miller gave it to Wright, and he scored the goal. So it's probably a bit rich to call it a goal assist, really, but it was Ben King who was who was launching it in there. So he, he, he helped us score goals, and that's what we've desperately been missing. Uh, he was the difference between losing narrowly or losing by a margin. Yeah, uh, he kicked three last quarter goals, and one of those goals was from a Mark of the Year nomination as well. So Ben King just all over it. I mean, it wasn't the greatest Mark of the Year. I don't see it winning the season. Uh, there's not no. too much competition for this week, so it might get up. Um, Look, it, it was the distance from the ground. It was from from some angles, it looked like he was going into space. And from other angles, it was like, oh, yeah. But you've got to remember, they're all pretty tall guys in that contest, and he's gone two feet over the top of them. So I think that's the impressive part. But, yeah, it's always going to be a little guy, one of those little Western Australian fellas jumping up and sitting on someone's head and and uh, and hanging there for a couple of seconds. You know, it's not going to be a strong pack mark. But, um, you know, it's the fact that he's taking them against guys who are much heavier than him um, I think that aggression, oh, it's so good to see because he's just sick of getting pushed around. So, um, yeah, yeah. And there, there, there were a few good other rookies uh, running around on the weekend too who might be a little unlucky. Uh, but, but yeah, King deserves it. Well, it's been a long time since we've had a Gold Coast Suns nomination for Rising Star. 
So good to see Ben King there. Hopefully we'll get to see Lukosius at some point this year and uh, Isaac Rankin next year because it doesn't look like Rankin will play this year. Um, And to finish it off, Wits has been nominated for the AFL Team of the Week, uh, beating out Grundy and Max Gorn and all the other renowned ruckmen off the competition to be the number one ruck. So great effort from Witsy, and we'll get to that later because I believe he features in both of our top three votes. Um, he does. I did see, I did see uh, another name you didn't mention there is uh, Stefan Martin. Um, he doesn't get as many hit-outs as Wits, and he's not uh, as productive. But what he, what he, what he is good at is uh, he's on track to, uh, to get the all-time record for 20 or more hit-outs and 20 or more possessions in a game. So uh, it'll be an interesting game in a few weeks in the Q Clash to see those two going against each other because um, they're, they're the two form Ruckman in the, in the comp right now. All right, Tom, that's a sign for us to jump into the NEFL report. The Gold Coast Suns, 20 goals 8, 128, defeated the GWS Giants, 6 goals 7, 43. Now, this was a flogging. It was unexpected based on our previous results against the Giants. But uh, Gore and Nutting both kicked four goals apiece. Corbett had three goals, and Portelli and Ace had two goals apiece. Um Really great response from the Suns. Now, I'll let you talk about some of the standout players in a sec. Uh, it The Suns just got off to, to a flying start, didn't they? I think it was eight goals to one at quarter time. And that, that one goal came right in the shadows at quarter time. So, yeah, eight straight to... It wasn't like eight goals three or anything. It was just... Every go, every every everything was it was going right. It was just fantastic, and we've had a few. We we we'd had a start like that against the Northern Territory earlier in the year, which we'd never won in Darwin, and we did. Um, we're going well at the right time. Uh, the 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 team never never stopped either. Uh, it was just the GWS managed to sort of get it, get the occasional goal to keep it sort of looking a little bit respectable from their end. But yeah, the. The first and fourth quarters from the Suns, they were just playing lights out footy. It was just amazing stuff. And I made another little video, Shane. Did you see that one? Yeah. And uh, I mean, that was that's classy. I mean, Josh Gore kicking it off balance. He is a left footer, but it's the wrong pocket to be kicking left foot goals from. Ah, oh, just amazing. I would have loved to have been there and actually seen it live because it was. It wasn't captured too well on the video. So tell um, us about Bosey and Ainsworth. They're the big oh, names that everyone's asking about from the NEFL. Yeah, no. Well, okay. So let's 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 break it down. In the first half, the best player on the field was Ace. Um, Bose was great, but Ace was just oh, just taking marks, or sometimes they just kick it in his general direction, and he just gets it, you know. Um, but in the uh, in, in the entirety of the game. Ace sort of slowed down a little bit towards the end of the game and, and other players like uh, Josh Gore took over. Um, Jack Bowes was easily the best player on the field. Um, just a really sensational game from from Jack. Um, Jordan Murdoch, as the game went on, he became a really important player. Um, he's, he's just got such pace and he uses his size to advantage. Um the usual suspects in the midfield who who uh, are um, 
Brad Shear and, and George Holland Smith. They're just tough in and under players. Josh Schoenfeld's back and he's he's also benefiting from that. Ben Ainsworth had a quiet first half and really came in the second half. He he was uh, he was sensational. But I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, we've got these amazing Suns Academy players, and not all of them are, are you know, are going to be drafted, and some of them are 19 year olds, so they're they're just going to leave the club unless something changes. Uh, but at this stage, guys like Lockie McDonald and Cooper Portelli, they're just not going to they're just not going to get drafted at, at the age they're at, and and they're, and they're really good for our team. So uh, it'll be hope it'll be you know it'd be great to see them see out the season. Um, and, and keep playing for us and being valuable. And you never know, they might get picked up by a NEFL team or, or uh, go back to the Quaffle, or they might just, you know, crack it for an AFL spot for, from a team who's been admiring them. Um, just quickly mention two, two uh, highlights. Um, I mentioned the Josh Gore goal. Um, Josh Corbett was uh, had 19 possessions. If you remember his last AFL game, I think he had two possessions so he was all over the ground just taking marks he was unselfish he was setting up for for other forwards and he came into his own in in, in the in the third quarter and kicked kicked three goals um and as i mentioned josh gore with that goal he kicked four second half goals and connor nutting kicked his four goals in the first half um I, I, i did a breakdown of gore he had 10 disposals four one on goal and five of them, the other five possessions were inside 50. So he's just, you know, he, he's just a small forward um, extraordinaire. I would be so surprised if he went through the draft, the national draft and the rookie draft, without someone picking him up. Uh, but that all depends on his form in the next few games. Um, we've got three more games. This week's a bye. So in next week's show, we'll... I'll, I'll do a bit of a rundown on, on, on who's to come and what we've got to do to make it into the finals. But at the moment, the, the boys are looking good. Oh, fantastic. Uh, it's good to see the Suns Sneafle side getting some results. Uh, before we jump into the AFL game, let's segue into the injury report because obviously Bose Nainsworth uh, and Murdoch are a few of the names being mentioned to jump into the seniors this week. Um, but we've got some terrible news coming out of the Essendon mm. game. I thought we escaped injury. Apparently we haven't. Mm. Now, who's on the injury list this week, Tom? So, Jack Homsch has an ankle injury, and I don't recall seeing anything, uh, any particular incident. Uh, maybe maybe others uh, will, if anyone if anyone's in the chat and they, and they can recall seeing it. Maybe Mr. Bodds saw him coming off the off the, off the, bench, off the, off the field. Um, so If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. So that's season ending. He's done. So we now have seven players who will not take any further part. However, there's some good news. Jack Martin has been cleared to play this week, and I don't imagine he'll go back to Neeful. What about? What do you reckon about that one? 
Yeah, it's an interesting one, Jack Martin. But yeah, he's only had, I think, two, maybe three weeks off. So he certainly should still have the the ability to come straight back into the side. Um, as far as Homsch, it's terrible news. We've now lost Homsch, Collins and uh, Thompson, our three key defenders, all to season-ending injuries. Um I suppose Ballard might come back in, but I wouldn't think Ballard would be able to hold him hold his own against uh, Collingwood's big Mason Cox, a two hundred centimeter question, forward. Um, I suppose Leslie might finally get his chance, or maybe Caleb Graham. So Look, Jack Jack Leslie's been probably one of the unluckiest sons this year. There've been several times where you you watch a game and you think, gee, if if there was a you know, a, a 200 centimetre, um, you know, 100 kilogram defender. I mean, I've, uh, Sam Day was probably a, another candidate for that that kind of role, but um, but they they kept giving it to Jack Homsch, and Jack Homsch is 90 kilos, ringing wet. So um, clearly, against some of the bigger guys, um, but I just think they had Leslie on the on the um, emergencies, didn't they? So. Um, you kind of imagine that maybe they were looking at him for for one of the Essendon tools, but Essendon kind of went a bit shorter for this game, so so he ended up getting left on the drawing board. Um, yeah, look, if 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 I'm honest, Jack Leslie's form has been good, but there he, there are some aspects to his game where he just makes these howlers, and I think being a defender kind of sucks because you it, you're gonna make you're gonna get made to look stupid occasionally, aren't you? So, yeah, he just sometimes he just kicks it across the field and it goes straight to another player and they get a goal and just go, oh, Jack, what are you doing? Uh, but I think I think eventually everyone everyone stuffs up and uh, if if he gets his chance, well, you know this this could be it. He could come in and and, and have a couple of wonderful games and show that he's he's, he's playing at an AFL standard and and keep his spot on the rookie list. He, he's not going to cost much and certainly a good player to have in the kneeful. However, is he is he taking up a spot that a younger player with a higher ceiling uh, could could have? So uh, it's a big question. Um, I think on the chat we've got um, I read that somebody suggested that Sam Day go back. And look after. Well, I'm assuming uh, Day would take Cox. What do you think about that suggestion? Yeah, certainly an option. I do prefer to keep Day forward. That's where I think he plays his best footy uh, personally. And I think the ability to stretch Collingwood's lack of tall defenders by having Day, King, and Wright up forward uh, could really wreak havoc with them. Um, yeah. But as as most games Suns are in these days, it's all going to be one in the midfield. So it depends on which midfield the Suns show up with. Uh, let's jump into the AFL result. So the Gold Coast Suns, 15 goals, 6-96, lost to Essendon, 16 goals, 10-106. Now, that is 15 goals, ladies and gentlemen. The Gold Coast Suns haven't kicked the score that high since round two last year against Carlton. Uh, And I can't even remember the last time I saw a Gold Coast Suns game at Metricon where they kicked over 15 goals or more. I think that especially the last few years, I think we've been lucky to average 10 goals a game at Metricon. And I think someone in the Facebook might have uh, 
been quite happy that they got their free Big Mac as McDonald's do run a promotion. <laughs> if the Suns kick 10 goals or more, fans get a right. Big Mac. Um, so not not too many of them have been claim, claimed lately. Uh, all right, so King had four goals. Day had three. Fiorini and Wright had two each. And then we had a bunch of multiple goal scorers as well with Swallow and... Oh, God, I feel bad. I'm blanking on the other... Mid- Miller. Miller's, Miller kicked a goal as well. Um, oh, you're missing out on the two best goals of the game. I know, right? Braden Fiorini. Now... How, how good were those goals? I think most of the goals that Sun scored were great because it was free-flowing football for most of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, let's touch on this. The game plan for the Suns had clearly changed and... If you weren't watching the game on Sunday and you didn't see a change in game plan, then you're not watching football the way it's supposed to be watched. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, let, let's start at the hitouts. Now, Wits had a mm. clear rock dominance over Zach Clark. And his instead of earlier this year, you'd watch Wits and he just taps the ball straight down to his feet where the midfielders can get in and try to try to win it out. Wits was actually trying to tap over his head and trying to get it to the advantage of our midfielders, and that's something fans have been crying out for all year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our forwards were leading, you know, Sam Day was leading down the guts, uh, and you can quite often see a Ben King or a, a right sort of coming in, filling up the gap behind him as Day was leading out of it, uh, which creates scoring opportunities when forwards do that. And the other thing that impressed me was the the one percenters that the Suns gave, or from a rugby point of view, you'd say it would be the knock-ons. Every time the ball was going to a contest, the Suns were able to knock it forward and keep it moving. And a lot of the time, that knock-on effect was to our advantage, even in the air. That, in, that's in, in that's con- not what that means. <laughs> that's not what that means. I'm, not, I, I'm, not, a, I, I, I'm not a rugby the knock, person. The, the, knock, the, the knock-on's the worst thing you can do in rugby league. Knock-on's in, in, in surge footy in AFL, you're quite right. I think actually... Um, this was this was a feature of the game that often we kind of get left behind a little bit because we 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 we, uh, we just don't don't have that um, advantage from the rucks in particular. But as you pointed out, a very very good observation. When when Wits is 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 knocking it out of the ruck and the shackles are off, let's just say that he's knocking it clear of the contest, and you're able to get momentum, aren't you? Being able to go forward and forward and forward. Even if it's not clean ball, yeah. Well, if if you're moving fast, the if the ball's moving fast, the opposition defenders don't have time to to structure up and get a, a solid area defence happening, and they're too worried about mm. their individual opponent. And that's when we're going to mm. see blokes like Ben King, Peter Wright, Sam Day get their one-off chance to outmuscle their opponent or catch them off guard and get mm. get a, a... Well, it still counts as a contested mark most of the time, but it gives them the advantage of having the ball in their hands in front of goals where they want it, not 50 metres out on the, on the boundary line. Um, so that was really good to see. Um, 
And another thing that really stood out was Riscatelli. He played, he started off playing that sort of half forward, small forward role. I imagine he did at points go into the midfield to help out. But I think we may have found the spot for Riscatelli to actually contribute on game day uh, as he's getting older. It's yeah, the sort of yeah. position that we can have him be the, the general, the Luke Hodge type role and direct players to where they go. Uh, I think he did a great job of it, and he had the smarts and the know-how to, a lot of the times, to get the ball out to the to the leading forwards. He, he just knew where to go and where the ball needed to be. Yeah, yeah. Look, you can't replace that kind of experience, and... I think when he first came back from his long-term injury, he was just he, he requested to go back to the to, to the kneeful because he didn't feel like he was he was playing anywhere near his potential. Um, and I think our injuries ended up getting so bad, and then he quit. And I think um, I think Solly might have actually said to him, you know, can, can you please come and play AFL because we're getting flogged. Um, so then last year when he was playing. He, I think he played all bar one game, but he just wasn't his old self, and and uh, it's, you just hate seeing that. This year's version of Richardelli is is like three years ago. I, I'm going to say it. Um, you know, he he was start he 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 was cut down with his injury when he was playing probably a notch below his very best, and he's back back to almost his best. So yeah, I, I can't see him going out of the team. Need him to get thirty possessions. He's not an accumulative midfielder, but he can go in and do all of those things. And that's that versatility that the coaches have, have asked for. So we've got guys like Darcy McPherson and Sean Lemons, who are that versatile player who can go and play in the forward line, and then go and have a turn in the midfield. Um, I'd like to see Alex Sexton doing a lot more of it, but I think he's kind of got a bit more of the deep forward. He's sort of got his role. Uh, which maybe, you know, maybe, is there room for Risha and Sexton in there to do that? Or, or you know, who knows? Uh, they certainly need uh, uh, an experienced player. And if, if if Risha announced that he was coming back for another year, well, he's on the rookie list, so that's cheap. Um, doesn't give up a senior spot. Uh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm all for it. I think he could go around another year um, if he's not, doing what he did on the weekend in the AFL side, then he's yeah. helping the Neeful side out in the actual in the midfield, in the guts, and that's that's really priceless for for growing talent and helping them learn. But let's just shelve that for a sec. I do want to come back to that, but before we run out of time, let's jump into our top three votes for the game. Uh, now you and I both have the same players. So Yes. I just in just in different orders. So let's start off with my number one and your number three, Jared Witts. Yeah. What can you tell us about his performance? What stood out to you? Hang on, it wasn't Witts your number three and my number one? No, Witts is my number one. Oh no, Witts is my. Oh, maybe I missed. Well, one vote. Okay, there's a difference. There's number one on the ground. Oh no, yeah. Or well, one I, vote. I, I, I gave Witsy the top votes because. He got 19 possessions, 13 of them contested, 60 hit-outs and seven clearances. Um, he, 
he had a goal assist, you know, all these little things. Um, he was going forward and taking and, and, and taking crucial marks. Um, in, in the old um, AFL fantasy points, he he was one of the best on the ground for for, for both. He was sorry, the best on ground for both teams. Um, and as I said earlier, I, I think the Suns were were quite a bit better than the Bombers, and uh, the Bombers just know how to win. Um, so yeah, that's. That, that's that's essentially it. Is he's lifted his work rate in in every department, and he and he seems like his ceiling is some way off. If, yeah. if Witsy becomes like a twenty to twenty five possession a game player and can get those forty or fifty hitouts, geez, that's no no one else can compete with that. That's that's super elite. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the second, I think we can agree on this one, the two votes, so second best uh, f- for the game was Tuuk Miller. He had one of his best yeah. games of the year, and it seems like he's back to his very best, doesn't it? Yeah, he's, he's digging in the stoppages, a couple of goal assists. He did have a couple of shots on goal that I thought he sort of leant back on, but this this is a different Took Miller. We're, we're seeing um, last year he was just sensational, and it was just never, you know, we, we were never never surprised that he was he was going that well. And then this year he got injured, and then he came back from injury, and he was his form was just really down. And uh, he's getting back to his higher cumulative numbers, which is really important for us. Um, contested possession count was twenty two. Which is just you know that's that's David Swallow level. <laughs> um, so yeah, those two, those two for me, um, definitely, and hard to split actually. Uh, Who do you have for number one? And for my number one or three votes, as I'd like to call it, is B King, the King of Carrara, Ben King. Now that was just <laughs> a standout performance by Ben. Um, just. I, I didn't expect it, and he just came out. It was really just that one quarter of footy, but he was presenting throughout the whole game, and everything just clicked in that final quarter. He was taking contested marks against an all-Australian defender, and he was mm. kicking goals when he was taking those marks. And the best part about it, he didn't punch a teammate in the head. No, he didn't, although um, I didn't. I was too busy making myself some popcorn. Um, who, who was it that smacked... Luco in the head in the warm-up. Was uh, it Kingy? No, I'm, I skipped through that because I was running late. <laughs> I was running late, so I jumped on KO, and I thought, I'm not watching all this crap at the start. I just jumped straight <laughs> to the game. So I was on delay for about half an hour. Uh, I didn't oh, yeah, bother watching yeah. all that off stuff. Um, now, is there any other players you want to mention before we head off to the feature of this show, which is talking about some of the potential off-season moves? Well, um, King got my one vote. So we had the same three players in just different order. Um, but a, a couple of guys who who, um, who I think are, are worthy of a mention. Um, Pierce Hanley probably played his best game of the year, although it's still not the best Pierce can play. So, you know, that'll, that'll be interesting to see uh, how he finishes up the year. Um, I'm loving seeing Sean Lemons back in the in in the team because he's just so hard in the tackle and just so hard at the ball. He did set, got Stringer with the ball, and then and and that's that's just a free kick all day. And anyway, I'm not going to dwell on that. A um, couple of guys I'm going to mention who 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 were I thought were 
uh, above the the you know above average. Uh, Darcy McPherson again, he's not um, he's not getting the big numbers, but he doesn't need to if he just puts in that effort and he's going between the midfield and the forward line. As I said, uh, going really well. I loved Peter Wright. Uh, in, in, in a lot of the things that he was doing, but we still haven't seen him at his very best. And um, I noticed in the in the chat, um, Old Soul's mentioning Jacob Dawson, and I'll, I'll endorse that one. Um, he he had a few one percenters, and um, you know took a few marks, and he was just really cool. Um, Jacob Dawson could be that that back pocket that's that's uh, that's missing. Um, we 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 don't know. Um, you think? Dawson might not be at the club next year, but I've got a feeling they'll, they'll stick around with him because he's got one-year eligibility on his rookie deal. So um, cheap player doesn't – doesn't because um, he's Category B, right? So anyway, uh, that's that's what I'll say. We've got a few minutes left to uh, discuss our final topic, so let's yeah, get on to it. We've only got a couple of minutes, so we'll have to breeze through this and save a lot of it for, for next week and future weeks. Um a lot of talk is the Suns are looking for that senior experience player. We keep hearing Burgoyne's name name popping up. Another couple who I'd like to add to that list would be Richard Douglas from Adelaide. I think he could provide us with something, especially if we played him more as a forward pocket. Uh, Jared, yeah, I agree. He, Jared he McVeigh really from Sydney. McVeigh from Sydney. McVay. He's, he's getting a bit long in the tooth, but he's yeah. still certainly got something he could provide. Uh, Josh Kennedy from Sydney, if we were able to get him, I think he could yeah. have an, an impact in the middle of the grounds as well as from a leadership perspective. And Jared Roughhead from Hawthorne, I was against this earlier in the year because uh, I don't want to see him taking up a spot from a right or a king, but he doesn't necessarily have to play. I think if he's just around the club, even playing in the NEFL, he's still assisting so all those guys are talking about. And then probably one a little bit younger would be Bryce Gibbs from Adelaide. I doubt he'd want to move up to the Gold Coast because a couple of years ago it was all about moving to Adelaide for family reasons. Um, mm. But if, if he was open to it, then that would be a great get as well. Again, a midfielder that can have an impact straight away as well as provide that leadership and experience to to guide the younger players mm. Uh, mm. Now, no, the- I, I think i think there's a there's probably 50 or 60 players who who could uh, well not they wouldn't fit exactly that that older sort of luke hodge type but um there's a long list and i think we've got a few weeks before um the end of the season and then we'll have a few weeks before the draft period but um i think there's a few big fish who are who are going to be available um I don't know about you, but I, I like the look of Brandon Ellis. Seems to be about the right, the right sort of fit for us, sort of a winger. Well, you've got Brandon Ellis, Jack Nunes, and Stephen Hill. They're all free agents, so we wouldn't have to give anything up in the terms of a trade to get them. Mm. Um, mm. Now, the players that are out of contract that I'd be keen on getting are a couple of Fremantle boys, uh, Blakey and Langdon. They both yeah, grew up Lockie with Weller's Lockie mates. Weller. Good mates with him. Loves a surf. And from all reports, Lockie Weller is deep in their ears trying to get them to come over. So if we could get them over here, that would be an immediate impact, almost like the Lockie Neal sort of scenario that Brisbane's found itself in. It's a half-back line. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jones from Sydney could be quite handy as a bit of an impact midfielder. 
Uh, yeah. Hugh Greenwood as well. His flexibility and his height, he could be damaging forward, uh, almost like a, a very much like a younger Josh Kennedy in a way. I've mm-hmm. also got Sire and Dunstan, or Sire and Dunstan here on this list, but I don't think we need any more inside mids. I think we're pretty much set for them, especially with Brody emerging this year. Uh, and mm. the other player is Tom Cutler from Brisbane, a rebounding yeah. halfback, uh, sort of the player that we need to fill Harbrow's role. Uh, big boy and a big kick, and and he's good and he's accurate with his kick too. Yeah, not sure, not sure why he's out of favour at the Lions. It could just be a lot of players. So out of all those names, who who do you think the Suns need? I mean, I think we need an outside mid. I think we need a mm. wing, and I think we mm. need a small defender. I think we need a big wingman, and I wouldn't mind Tommy Cutler. I like him. Um, I think there are going to be a few more names coming up in in, in, in trade talks. I just I'm wary of paying overs. Um, so if we got someone like Bryce Gibbs, and I think Bryce Gibbs could play an outside wing job, where, where a little bit like Joel Selwood, where he could come into the midfield uh, as needed. But uh, we're looking more for his skill than his hard yakka um, and Adelaide could pay half his wage and we'd, and he'd be cheap mm. alright well Very we've run, cheap, we've run like out of time pick. we've run out of time Tom so I want to pick this up in next week's episode or another episode down the track depending on how we go uh, hit us up in the chat and on Facebook and Twitter what you think about these sorts of guys coming to the Suns who we should be targeting who would be a really good get and keep the conversation happening so it stays relevant and we can chat more about it in future episodes. All right, but that's it for tonight's show. Thanks for listening and go Suns. Go Suns. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot.